Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 176, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm the Jack Man. Bada bada Jack O'B. Bada 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 Miles G. Bada bada Daily Z. That's all we got. Uh, that is courtesy of, I believe, the official, the one and only official dickhead, Abstrusel. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. There goes my Shiro Hero 666. Watch her as she films. There goes Shireen. She's Okay, so I guess because Shiro Hero, Shireen's display name on Twitter, harkens back to the Foo Fighters little just nostalgia moment we had in the Trends episode. Thanks to Hank Scipio for that. Time to get my can't, roll on. Still can't believe that's a Foo Fighters song. Um, well, you we just, are. You thrilled. don't believe that it is. I, yeah, I still don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> I think you're lying to me. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant, the hilarious, the talented Chelsea Devante. Hey. Hello. What's so happy up? to be here. That's my song. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh shit! Killing. Love it. Thank uh, you. What's new? Cracking. Nothing. Don't be crazy. We're not allowed to ask what's new until, I don't know, next fall. It's better than, what did you want? How you doing? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because what about just like, out. I see your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> Welcome hey, to the Chelsea, podcast. I see your pain. And yeah. I recognize it. To start off, we feel your pain. Welcome. Yes. Okay, show. thank you. Wow. I, now I feel so comforted. Welcome. No good vibes. <laughs> Morning vibes only. Morning yes. vibes only. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels a little better as we're sort of like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for the pandemic. It mm. feels a little better. I did start trying to train my needy quarantine dog to get ready for uh, a day when I leave the house and it's going horrifically. So that's what's new with me. Oh, nice. Yeah. My uh, four year old still covers his mouth every time he walks outside. So uh, oh, he's my God. It's my quarantine dog. Oh my god! I I hope I hope when he is a middle aged man, he still has. <laughs> He's that still role. doing right. that. Very good. I think it's, it's so actually polite. pretty uh, considerate, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's really uh, sweet. more people should just cover their mouths, like. He's going to have like a Tom Hardy thing, except in real life, instead of uh, never showing his mouth in movies, he just will never show his mouth, period. In general, anybody. right. It's cool. It's very uh, like a Sia move. Like she didn't show his her face. He's not going right. to show his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And then she got rid of that a few years in. So he'll be free soon. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Scorpion Sub-Zero vibes. It's a (laughs) some sort of superhero origin story. (laughs) Sad or it could be a Mortal Kombat bad guy. I don't know. I don't know where his path leads him. (laughs) I know what I'm hoping for. You know, as a kid, I always wanted to be a Mortal Kombat bad guy, but never could. So my unfulfilled dreams will uh, push him in that direction for sure. Right. Chelsea, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We are, of course, going to talk about another uh, mass shooting, this time in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the narrative that's been around for a while that um, 
the silver lining of the pandemic is that uh, there have been fewer mass shootings, uh, which isn't exactly true. I mean, I guess like based on very specific definitions, it's true, but uh, actually overall shootings are up. Uh, we'll uh, say with all our uh, back for fuck's sake, Joe Biden, uh, he's now back on his, I don't know about this whole uh, killing the filibuster. Uh, we'll talk about Ellen. We'll talk about uh, a game-changing UFO report that could be coming. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Chelsea, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are, what you're up to, where Ooh, you are? You know what? Let me open it right now. We'll hey. do this live. Intense, intense. There it is. Drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, I was recently looking up Dolly Parton's husband, Carl Dean. Yeah. Okay. Um, the enigma that is Carl Dean, because, um, you know, as you guys know, I have the podcast Celebrity Book Club where I read celebrity memoirs. And I always thought of uh, Dolly Parton as, you know, an enigma. And we don't know anything about Carl. And then you read her 1994 autobiography and you're like, there's a shit ton about Carl in here. <laughs> I mean, there's too much. There's too much. She's like, she describes... You guys, Carl Dean. I don't know if you saw this coming. Can you do, are you are you Dolly Parton fans? Yeah, I mean we're we're Dolly fan adjacent, so the lore intersects with the show pretty often. I think the last time we talked about Carl Dean, we were just like laughing at how like normcore he was, but then that how that like kind of made sense for them as a couple. That's amazing. I'm gonna ruin that for you today. Oh yes, oh, please shit. do. Because then my other thing was like maybe he's a freak. He a freak. <laughs> um, no, he's he's not a total freak. But but here's like a story she told about him of like. Uh, like a friend, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing. I'm gonna get some of it wrong. She would. She told stories about bits Carl likes to do. Carl loves bits. I don't know if you saw that coming. Now more than Ooh, that, this could go in a lot <laughs> like of different com directions. Like comedian bantering <laughs> type. Like he loves bits. Uh, he has but, a solid chunk on a uh, Trader <laughs> Joe's, the Trader Joe's the parking Trader lot. <laughs> um, not stand, but but like a physical. He loves a physical gag. Okay. So apparently, like to to make one of her friends laugh, he put on these like huge like a huge necklace of like cow teeth and maybe like a weird hat that went with it like a full you know full right. thing comes walking in and stuck to the bit for nine hours <laughs> nine oh. hours <laughs> wait of having a cow teeth like just yeah. just a yeah. kooky outfit on yeah and i think uh, i think he was also playing a character i think he had a voice and oh shit yeah, and then there's another story about how she was at a concert once and, like, looked over and Carl had just joined the band and was, like, singing with the band. <laughs> like, faking? Yeah, and then, like, as part of their coupledom, she uh, had him arrested by the cops of, like, this stranger wandered on stage with us, please arrest this man who's singing, as, like, part of the, like, Carl will find this hilarious. Right. Then, And then here's the third layer. They've never acknowledged it to each other. And Dolly says, Carl likes the jokes better that way. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so he, this wait. rules. So he doesn't know that she had him arrested? No, he knows. They just, they just don't uh, talk about it's, it. It's like a committing to the bit of like, wow. he pretended to be a stranger. She pretended he was a stranger too oh, and had him Carl's arrested. Nasty. He did his bid like a boss six he did months. His bid hard like time. A boss. Yeah, and just never mentioned head. it. Doesn't <laughs> drop it, down. doesn't call it out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so, yeah. So if, if you're a Dolly head and you want to know about Carl Dean, Pick up the book or listen to my podcast, honestly. That's a better it's, plug. But uh, it, or, we, we yeah. talk about it. 
Or that it's just, it is so normcore in that she it has is. a juvenile, annoying husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, Rob, like, yeah, annoy the fuck out of her and then yeah. get arrested. But then you're kind of into that too because you're like, that's my contribution. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's got like weird dad vibes, like the silly dad who's like always doing bad dad jokes, but like taking them too far to the point that it makes everybody uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Although I, I, I can't, I love this Carl is normcore theory, but I I feel like if Carl were normcore, when Dolly got famous, he would have got competitive, divorced her, or tried to be her manager, um, right, and right. none of those things happened. And he's still with her and like lets her clearly have an open marriage that he doesn't participate in. Uh, so that's why I'm just like, uh, oh, I didn't he's know special. that. Is it an open marriage? It is. I will tell you this. From reading the book and uh-huh. from her interview with Barbara Walters, there's no way it's not an open marriage. However, Dolly's the one in the open marriage. Carl, right. she says, I believe, Carl, uh, I'm the only person he's ever uh, been with, with all my heart. And then in other parts of the book, she's like, I've never met a man I didn't want to have sex with. And then <laughs> in the Q&A, she, uh, it's a, like a very funny Q&A in the back of the book. Uh, they say, have you ever cheated on Carl? And she said, that's uh, that's for me to know and for you and Carl to find out. <laughs> I mean, uh, is that her being witty, or you think that's her just kind of being like, "Yeah, I cheat, but I'm gonna give you a cute. I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be coy with my answer." Um, I mean, she is definitely she loves to joke her way out yeah. of the truth. However, in the book, she's also like, "I'm so horny." I mean, throughout the book, <laughs> right, right. She's like, "I'm so horny. I love sex." Um, I and I didn't know if I could believe in God, but now I do because I can have sex. I love sex, and me and Carl Dean uh, don't live together often, and I often don't see him. So the math equation on that to me mm. is like, okay, I mean, Dolly's getting yeah. it in, yeah. And for if sure. she's not, I'm devastated. So I, I'm, I choose to believe. <laughs> but yeah, the Barbara Walters interview I thought made it clear if they have an open marriage. Yeah, that's my mm. take. Okay, I like that. it's. It's like literally impossible for her to like. Every detail that you just said makes her more endearing. She's she, just maybe yeah. the most endearing human ever. Right. I like, I totally agree. I totally agree. The only unendearing thing about her is that she uh, hates the word feminist. But other than that, I feel like even mm. on like she's I feel like she comes around on Black Lives Matters issues. Anything yeah, she's like done right. wrong feels like when you call her out, she she changes, right. is accountable. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hold her in high regard, but yeah, now the whole time we're like, man, was Carl just getting cucked the whole time? Was like, was she with Burt Reynolds, or was that just like his kink where he's like, pretend <laughs> you're with them? That's what we because we've actually the last time we brought him up was in the context of like, does she cheat? And if she does, does he know? Does he oh, like yeah. that, or does he There's... just like rumors? <laughs> you know oh, he mean? knows. Oh, he knows. And also, Carl. what I love uh, about the Burt Reynolds thing is that he. Burt Reynolds wrote his uh, memoir in 1994. That's when Dolly Parton's came out. In his memoir, he's like, maybe me and Dolly Parton had a thing. I'll never tell you, but she wanted to fuck me. And in Dolly Parton's memoir, she writes, I could never fuck Burt Reynolds. He's like a brother to me. We both wear wigs and high heels. (laughs) (laughs) And it came out the same year. Like, already published when they both had to look at each other and be like, it (laughs) was... Few Get people know Dolly. Carl Dean was the photographer on that Burt Reynolds uh, bearskin rug <laughs> nude photo. So that's <laughs> yeah, 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 little, little fact. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Chelsea? You know, right now for me, Twitter, Twitter, because uh, you know, I was at first with Twitter, like 
You will hear us. The media will not tell us our voice. We will tell you our voice. And then, you know, after the last election, when um, white women voters went up, I was like, you know, I don't think Twitter's helping. I, I previously thought it was. And now I'm kind of at a place where uh, it's it, where I, I just I used to log in every day with Glee and the, the joy is dying. White women mm. Trump voters went up? Or? Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Not well, maybe white women voters and numbers also went up, but right. uh, maybe that was Taylor Swift tweeting. So maybe there's yeah. some positive effects. But yeah, yeah, Trump voters going up just in terms of like, you know, I feel like uh, often logging on, I feel like we're getting woker and language shifts every day. And a lot of like things have come to my attention via Twitter that wouldn't have before. And so it's like, yes, we're changing. We're moving. Um, and lately on days on Twitter where I'm like, we are absolutely not. And, no. and not only are we neutral. Twitter's uh making us go backwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a like quadruple edged sword and you don't know which end you're gonna catch whenever yeah. you open the fucking thing. Yeah, and then sometimes it's a grenade and you're like, What? Yeah, like, I thought ah, this was a sword. Nah, that was a the fuck? It's mm. a it's a envelope full of ricin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and every time I remember like, oh, only seven percent of Americans are on Twitter. Right. Then I'm able to ingest the news with more clarity. Because it's, yeah. it's just not the same world. Yeah. And it uh, actually like edits itself to what it thinks you want to hear. So that's yeah. also not healthy, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, wah, wah, social media. Yeah. Hot take. Wah, wah, I think we're, it's, but we all deal with it. I think it's just like very, it's like we can see the good when there's good in it. But then like, I think a lot of us are rapidly being like have reached a or at least for me like a threshold where like i'm can no longer compartmentalize the things that make me anxious on about being there and it's like overflowing so i'm like nope now i have to create boundaries so i'm yeah. only gonna dabble like when i need to sort of catch up on something but yeah it's yeah yeah it feels like there was a shred uh humanity in it you know when you tweet you're, you don't feel like you're a human in a room but even more so now in the p pandemic you don't even feel like a human anymore so, <laughs> right. so what people are sending out you're sort of feels like people are forgetting what this tool is for <laughs> and how it right. should be used. Yeah. It's like basically the scrawling on like the side of like a prison cave wall, <laughs> yeah. like where people are like, wow, look what they etched into the walls. These desperate people <laughs> <laughs> trying to escape. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's bathroom graffiti. 95% of it. Yeah. What is uh, something you think is underrated? Deep diving on the Piers Morgan, Meghan Markle debacle. Oh, shit. <laughs> because, oh my you know, at headline, you're like, oh, he said he didn't believe that she had suicidal ideations. Now he's fired. But then uh, when you look into it and that interview that actually got him in trouble, a reporter had the balls to be like, Meghan used to be your friend. She doesn't fucking right. talk to you anymore. And now you can't take it. And he was like. God! And he like storms yeah. off his own set. Yeah. And I was like, wait, they were friends? And this is all over petty? Like, where it's like, oh, it's racism. It's not understanding mental health. But at the core of it, that bitch wanted to be friends with a princess. And he's so mad that right, she right. won't be his friend. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I thought, oh, man, I just... It was, yeah, it really was interesting to see like how the momentum for his storming off was building the second that guy Alex was like starting to pivot to like well here's the thing Piers because what <laughs> you two and I was like oh no like what it are was... what are we learning and then yeah when he blew the top it was like oh shit it's also like, just so it's so incredible to see someone be like I say scathing things and you can't take it and then he uh, 
he couldn't even sit still on his own set, Yo, sir. Classic right. bully shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Like, can't that, take yeah. that punch. The second, oh, like, okay, well, now let me put you under the microscope. They're like, no, <laughs> no, no, it has nothing to do with my friendship. You're like, yeah. oh, it's because I'm racist. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm racist. He's like, what? I promise. <laughs> it's ra- I'm racist, and I take I have a bad perspective on mental health issues. It's not because I'm thirsty. <laughs> Did he think people weren't gonna find that clip of him talking about how like she ghosted him, and now I mean, that's how his feelings people- are hurt? That's how like, most people behave who have shit on the yeah. internet. Like, <laughs> shit can't be found. Oh, right. I know. Yeah, that, it, it's so true. He's like, really was just like, we're going to move on from that. But I will say, I think that I think it worked, which pisses me off. Like, I think a lot of people are like, Piers Morgan got fired because, you know, he's racist. And, right, and, right. And, he, and he's like, you know, uh, calling out snowflakes. And so we got fired. And it's like, no, I really wish there was better reporting on like he's really upset that she won't be friends with him. And yeah. that would take away his narrative of I've been bullied, cancel culture is out of control, like all those hot button phrases he gets to use would be gone if you said like if she texted you, would this be over? If she invited you <laughs> to, to her parties? Right. right. Oh, I'm man. being canceled from our group text. <laughs> <laughs> she removed me from the thread. It goes green now when I send it. It can't be her phone. She does the little Meghan Markle liked it, but she yeah. doesn't say words. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's actually quite heartbreaking, I think he said. that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very Trumpian. It's very, like, I think it ties back to, you know, you're overrated that, you can just lie. And even though there is evidence out there that this is actually just you having a temper tantrum because somebody doesn't want to be your friend, because most people are finding out about the story from a artificial intelligence that like will filter that information out because it's not doesn't fit in with like the narrative they want to know then like you can just lie like you don't even have to worry about what the truth is at this Mm. point you just you can lie from one sentence to the next and just know that uh some people are going to get the one sentence and other people are going to get the other sentence and yeah doesn't matter yeah yeah it's a bleak a bleak takeaway and yet it it totally is what's happening right now it honestly reminded me of a coworker i had where they would um be really cruel and mean to everyone and then show up, you know, we'd have big outbursts and then the next day they would show up and be like, hi, how are you? We should get drinks. And oh, truly yeah. in my head, I'd be like, I guess everything's fine. Yeah. Right. Maybe that, maybe I did blow that out of proportion and, and we are <laughs> friends. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like a phenomenal tactic. Yeah. Keep people off footed. You know, you're like, what? Where, where's solid ground? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. One of my first bosses was so incredibly cruel in email. And then, like, so nice to your face. And it was just, like, such a fucking gaslighting thing. It was so oh, weird. weird. But it was, yeah. like, exclusive. Wait, like, it was, how, wait, was but always like, mean in email. Like, unequivocal rather than, like, the sort of vagueness of the written word? Like, no, in tone? He was, like, what, like, hey, you fuckwit. Yes. What I say <laughs> uh, about that not deadline, like scumfuck? Like, yeah, right. like, just a complete dick. Uh, oh, wow. And then... Wow. Yeah, that's like that's some coward shit, though, because, oh, yeah. you got that energy in the email. But when I pull yeah. up IRL, you're like, hi, I love it. Yeah, he, he would be like a door like in his office and I'm like 20 feet away and he'd send an email that was like so mean. And then I walk in and he'd be like, oh, what's up, man? Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wow. It's so disturbing. 
But I, he was I, a lawyer, and I think maybe that is like lawyers use like words to attack and like make things as. I'm also making excuses for him. I think he might yeah, just be a don't bad defend person. him. Don't yeah. be a shitty I have boss a, apologist. A theory that you know when they say like, oh, um, when you get drunk, you know your, your truths come out. Uh, I think when you tweet or email, your true personality comes out. Mm. And I don't think it's like you know people are like, oh, they're insufferable on Twitter, but they're so cool in person. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bummer they're insufferable on Twitter. I, my theory <laughs> is that they are insufferable. They just learned how to hide it in person. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh for sure. man. Yeah. Well, you know, what are we going to do? What does it matter? We're not hanging out. We don't see <laughs> yeah. them. Human they don't know. Real. We're on I mean, Zoom. I get it. I get yeah, why, yeah. you know, a lot of those invitations are turned down now. I am pretty insufferable, but <laughs> <laughs> move on. Chelsea, before we uh, move on, I do just want to, uh, your first time on the show, you mentioned that you had seen Trump's election and then Biden's elections coming because uh, you watched The Bachelor and just like through reading The Bachelor tea leaves, uh, you were able to like kind of make some predictions about where the culture was headed, which is like catnip for uh, this show is like the perfect cross section of uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> things our show cares about. So I, I did want to ask because a lot's been going on in the world of The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, what do what does it mean? Do well, you have any takeaways from this season? Yeah. And I mean, listen, I I think my the greatest thing ever that happened to me this year was on your show predicting Biden and, <laughs> and would win from The Bachelor. That, that is my crown, my shining moment. Um, so that said, this season for anyone who's not watching or didn't watch, it's over now. Uh, they had the first uh, Black Bachelor and uh, they had more women of color than ever in history as as their contestants. And at the end of it, he picked a white woman <laughs> who went to slave parties uh, yeah. two, two years ago, three years ago. Um, I think we are headed. It, it is heinous. We are headed when people are like the race wars are coming. I was like, no, they're not. After The Bachelor, I'm like, yes, they are. Mm. Yes, they are. Um, because. <laughs> Uh, did you guys watch the after the rose where you know where they handled it and Chris Harrison wasn't even the host and yeah I saw the clips with uh, Emmanuel Acho yeah um, yeah so they for for that show I'm saying not in context of the world but for that show both of them both uh, Matt the Bachelor and Rachel the former winner they've broken up since uh, I thought uh, handled that as good as you possibly could for the show and really made salient points and she really was taking accountability also not wasting our time with um apologies like it was like whoever coached them phenomenal phenomenal right good and fans, yeah, crisis pr team there yeah and like really talked about like why what she did was truly fucked up and how much it hurt him this man she loves and and fans still got online to be like fuck you matt how dare you break up with her for being racist three years ago? She's changed, you know, right. and and they like yelled at him and there's accounts defending her. And she'll even say, like, please don't make these accounts. Yeah, um, I'm trying to learn and be be a better person. Please stop attacking Matt and being racist. And they're like, no, fuck you, Rachel. Right. You're great. <laughs> this guy sucks. No, but <laughs> you, you're, you're great. You're an analog for me. That's yeah. the thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's like we watched uh, we watched a love story. We watched the most nuanced version of how your ignorance uh, becomes racism and ruins the love of your life. And people still walked away being like, nah, she's great. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's great. He sucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, it just it yeah. feels like just sort of part and parcel, though, in general, where it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, like there are just certain things uh, America isn't going to fully be on board with saying objectively it's bad. Like romanticizing the antebellum South is not a th- like people are like, yeah, that's fucked up. Might be like, oh, come on, no, no, no. In 2018, Miles. In 2018, yeah. the Capitol on. hadn't even been stormed yet. <laughs> yeah, but I I think it's like the shred of progress I feel like that has occurred is that people will be like, yeah, okay, those parties are bad. But then where it stops is where they're like, but she's just a college kid. And even though we've decided they're bad, who who's to know? Was she in college? Then? I don't know. You know, who's to mm-hmm, say? Right. And also we should forgive her immediately. And America's definitely not ready to be like, no, there's accountability that has to happen and not understanding yeah, that evol- in 2018 evolution. makes for a bad interracial relationship in 2021. Mm. Yeah. Or I mean, like a lot of people who get in interracial relationships, you, you sometimes you find moments you're gobsmacked that you're with a white person who says something like, oh, right, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> this may be a, an experiment for you. And now I'm the fuck on out of here. Mm. Uh, which yeah. Is a, yeah. The realization many people have. I, the one thing that I thought was like the producers on that show really did Matt dirty and like that whole the thing with his dad, a lot of it felt very like superficially exploitative for this like one dimensional understanding of what it meant to be a black person in America. And I was like, Ugh, but that's a but that's ABC. I mean, ABC did that's a the problem, horrific yeah. job. And and also um, Rachel, the first bachelorette, not Rachel, Matt's former girlfriend. She's just so phenomenal. I feel like she has done so much for the country by existing on that show. I, I she is my president. And um, <laughs> she very rightly pointed out on on Twitter that, you know, the, the stereotype that black men abandon their sons and then ABC with the first black bachelor just like gave that yep. so much airtime. I think it sounds like some white producer was like, all right, so he's going to offer a promise ring. That's a bummer. He's not going to actually engage. He's going to offer a promise ring. Let's bring his dad on. And that'll be the through line for why he is actually not going to get engaged tomorrow. Right. And everyone was like, yeah. Let's oh scapegoat the black community for the result we didn't expect as producers who are now, wow, it's America, like, at every level in general. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, Woo. yeah. And also, you know, just to pretend that anyone woke would ever get on that show is also hilarious. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the, <laughs> yeah, but then I mean, it all depends. What, how woke are you, but also how much are you chasing that influencer buck? You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's really what You're turns right. people's head on that show. Because that's an economical, economical decision just. Phenomenal. It's like, yeah, how do you, hey, woke keeps you broke. You know, the mm. old saying on ABC. That woke keeps you broke. <laughs> I, that is almost definitely being said at this moment somewhere yeah, in LA. That shit, yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and we're back to the high profile uh, mass shooting. Another one at the beginning of this week in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so almost like clockwork that these start happening again. We'll, we'll talk in a second about the myth that they ever stopped, ever stopped or that gun violence ever stopped. But this particular type of. Uh, mass shooting where there's more than four people who die besides the gunmen, uh, which is a very specific taxonomy that we're uh, requiring. Yeah, the absurdity of our times. Yeah, but the, those ones that make that happen in public that make the culture sort of stand still for 15 minutes and then nobody do anything uh, seem to be back. 
and Fox News was was back to uh, you know doing their responsible coverage of immediately, immediately yeah. back to just deciding whatever the story is. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't go for their low hanging racist fruit uh, in this instance, um, but rather than do that uh, and say like this is some kind of extremist terrorism or something like that, now they're saying uh, it has to do with the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, so Sean Hannity had Dan Bongino on and Hannity's uh, there. There's a clip, but I don't even want to hear his voice. He's just saying, quote, obviously very scary, horrific shooting at Boulder. Uh, then he goes on to say, you know, we're often reminded and then we forget. Remember, what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. Bottles, rocks, bricks, Molotov cocktails. They're not riots. Uh, we were told all summer over 2,500 cops injured, but these are the cops that go put themselves in harm's way. And in the case, we lost one tonight. So he's saying that this is just for whatever reason, that's the Black Lives Matter had inspired this person to do this. Um, and then you have Dan Bongino go on uh, like just like right after there. Um, let me just find his quote. He says, yeah. He comes in. Yeah, Sean, don't forget with this defund the police crowd. That wasn't a social worker that walked in there. Okay. Uh, he said, everybody else is racing to get the hell out of there. They're going up in the other direction. And now we're going to defund the police, disparage the police. So just trying to spin all that. I just want to keep in mind, Dan Bongino, who got his start on NRA TV. Um, right. While you want to say like, yeah, you know, it's this, it's, this, it's this people who got out in the streets because they were standing in opposition to rampant police violence, uh, created this mass shooter. It, and not, you know, completely ignoring the fact, it might not be the fact that we're failing people in need left and right. Um, maybe not the fact that we aren't doing anything at all to even curb gun violence. So why even factor that into your analysis or the fact that the NRA was shitting on a bill in Colorado a week ago regarding the a ban on assault rifles? They right. th this shit, the NRA just dunked on the state legislature last week to keep uh, a ban from happening over, you know, like they're trying to control the amount of assault rifles and high capacity magazines uh, were out there. And here they go. They're and just. This is, yeah. Yeah. So that's what was used in the in the shooting at the. Yeah. And it's all yeah, AR-15. It's like tails as old as time. And right. yeah, this whole thing was there was a federal lawsuit backed by the local NRA chapter to go after this local ordinance. And then they won. The bankrupt NRA. Yes. Right. Yeah. The, the bankrupt NRA is like, we still have a voice. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's bitch, like, didn't you file for chapter 11? But the culture's still there. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? The organization might not be, but they they did what they had to do to inundate people with this idea of the Second Amendment. And the most fucked up thing is, right, this is just kind of like a this is just part and parcel with how a lot of states who are trying to control gun violence end up in like just button heads with the NRA and how they get down. So, you know, a year after Columbine in 99, Colorado, that a Republican legislature, the first thing they did shielded gun manufacturers from lawsuits. So like we, we, we see how the party works in 2013, Democratic legislature and then Hickenlooper, Democratic governor had little like modest gun control that they were backing just to regulate the firearms pro gun groups. They mounted like recall campaigns that were successful against the lawmakers who backed the measures. They were successful recall campaigns. And then on Monday, as the news was being reported, the NRA tweeted out the text of the Second Amendment. As the news was being reported, like in response. I mean, and I don't I'm who knows, but 
the way that the, when the news breaks and then what when they're tweeting, they're tweeting shit out about the Second Amendment, which is probably makes sense because this is usually what happens. We start now we'll maybe have some kind of functioning debate about gun control, but that's why they have to ev- evoke the Second Amendment to be like, this is what's at stake, folks. Well, I, I don't think they were tweeting that out in response to the gun violence. I think a 70 year old man opened Twitter NRA at NRA two years ago. And has been trying to make that tweet <laughs> and finally, <laughs> finally figured it out and was oh, after two years, shit. the 70 year old running that account tweeted it and was like, ah, oh, damn it. Um, uh, timing was bad. What was it? But yeah, yeah, I mean, they're already on their shit, though, you know, because Schumer's talking about gun control and everything. So the NRA already has statements. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is interesting to you to wonder how, you know, because they've just bought so many senators and uh, people in the House with NRA money for their votes. And now being bankrupt, I am curious if the debate will be affected going forward or if there are too many other pro-gun groups with who can fill that economical space. But I wonder if we will make ground. I think it's hard because like on one level, the sentiment and ideology that the NRA has just infused within the populace isn't going to go away because they're bankrupt. Like they sold people on the they're going to take your guns. And but- yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious. But are about, those like, numbers that... in votes like are, right. will that so, vote currency outweigh the actual money they were getting that they from need the to NRA? reelection? I, we'll yeah. see. I mean, I think that's where we'll see how uh, it'll be clear based on how strong the pushback is. But the fact that we're not seeing any Republicans be like, yeah, we should probably get a hold of ourselves uh, has me believing that even if the NRA is not there, that they have the voters minds still in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And gun All ownership. Right skyrocketed in 2020 right like right because again we were saying we, we, we can't talk about this without talking about this myth that right as i was writing it i was engaging it and then jm our writer was like just bringing up this myth about i was like yeah you know with mass shootings going down in the pandemic or like we felt like we hadn't heard of one right in a i mean he he posted a couple of headlines in a year of pain one silver lining fewer mass shootings that's from the ap mass shootings in public spaces have become less frequent during the pandemic new york times mass live there hasn't been a single mass shooting in the us since the covid pandemic took hold that they are all using uh this very specific language that uh defines mass shootings as four people dead without the shooter, uh, not counting the shooter. And when you look at overall statistics, there were over 19,000 people killed in firearm-related deaths, not including suicides, in 2020, uh, which is the highest death toll in over 20 years. Wow. It's literally because we couldn't have big gatherings that mass shootings went down, but singular shootings... uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, that and, like, everybody was... Lining up for guns. Too. Yeah. yeah. Gun ownership yeah. shot up. And I mean, that's like the messaging is so specific. And so, you know, it, it's just like the messaging from the year 2020 and the way that the pandemic was covered and the way that uh, Trump was covered and then the way that the Black Lives Matter protests were covered, I feel like contributes to the, you know, spike in gun ownership. And then, they don't cover the actual consequences of that because the the shootings aren't like flashy enough suburbs. or aren't yeah well, that and they're happening in 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 the urban in, centers right. you know like yeah. where there are people of color that's where 
the lack of resources and the tension is going to spill over into violence first. It's not going to happen in fucking Beverly Hills. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's like the whole idea, like the fucking so intentionally tricky, right? To how we even can categorize what a mass shooting is. There's no way now to look at all this shit and be like, well, is it four people plus the shooter? Is it three people plus the shooter? Is it a two piece plus an injury? Like the fact is people are being shot, right? And to to start creating all these things to be like, oh, well, did I cheat? Well, here, there's levels of me cheating. Was it the version where I came and they came too? Uh, is it version <laughs> where I come. came quick and they didn't <laughs> right. come? Uh, you baby, know what I mean? It's baby, like, she didn't come. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> why are you? No, motherfucker. This is still bad. Why? And like, so we get caught up in this, like these silos of how to differentiate. And then we're left with this false narrative. While realistically, gun violence has skyrocketed. Also, yeah. when they report on uh, gun, you know, gun violence, they'll say, oh, no deaths. But, you know, three people had critical wounds. And I think oftentimes and I know I, I didn't for a long time. You don't realize that a, a critical wound may mean um, they lost their eye or both oh, yeah. of their legs are amp amputated. Yeah. But they say, oh, no one died. No one died. Right. But, you know, three people with critical injuries. And you don't realize right. um, the extent of what of what that injury is because you just have the relief of no death. And there's a big missing detail where, like, we see the dropping murder rate over the past 40 or, like, 25 years and a lot of that is like advances in emergency medicine, being able to save people's lives who, you know, they wouldn't have been able to uh, in the past. So. Oh, right. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. I mean, think of like that. It's like, yeah, yeah but we're able to save more people, but it's not like people aren't trying less. Yeah. 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 Also, Hannity's gotten so <laughs> the the quality of his through lines has really gone down. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I checked in maybe a few months ago and he was like the deep state. And I was like, still, buddy, are yeah. you yeah. like you? And now that loose through line of BLM to this moment, I mean, it, he used to at least have some uh, a path you could follow. Well, but Trump now made it I, too yeah. stupid for everybody. Right. Like, because everybody got used to like the most intellectually nonsensical arguments, but being like, I don't know, it's a collection of buzzwords I disagree with. So that is an explanation yeah. to me. But even even if Hannity pulled a Trump and was like, gun violence is very good. It's the best. We're doing right. great. It's good. That would be easier to follow than what he presented. Yeah. With the BLM. <laughs> Which is like what? So th it wasn't like this guy attacked a bunch of police officers. Uh, it just happened to be one of the casualties was. But again, that's all they need. And, you know, now he's vaping during the commercial breaks, looking real chill. So is he really? Yeah, that was, there's like a clip of him. He got they busted him vaping coming back from a commercial. Break. He's just like. <laughs> his vape. That's amazing. And it just um, shows like, you again, it's thing. like how the laid back like vibe of somebody who's out here, you know, uh, objectively fanning the fucking bullshit flames while he, you know, hits his vape. Um, JM was pointing out that, uh, first of all, there's no national gun registry. So the only way, which it, in itself is bonkers, but the only way we have to gauge gun sales is background checks, which indicate that uh, nearly 23 million guns were purchased in 2020. Uh, which is a 65% increase over the previous year. And it was, think about the three major stories that were happening last year and how they were covered. There were lockdowns uh, and, you know, people who were spinning the lockdowns as like 
government tyranny coming for you and your family, uh, the protests and the racist way that those were covered as like, you know, fearful events. And then there was the election, which was covered as like a impending civil war. Like those, those are all like that. I just feel like the media is so complicit in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way around it from the, you know, lazy reporting to like, you know, even for for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that is true. But then also forgetting that these people are in charge of informing the rest of the country what is happening. So they're dictating what most people are going to passively perceive as what is happening. Yeah. And to do this shit. Yeah, it's 100 percent complicit and it erases shit like whatever. If it's if it's about gun control or whatever, then we need to talk about it. If it's about mental health, then we need to talk about it. If it's about racism, we need to talk about it. But it's always just like pivoting to stuff that isn't just is not substantive because, you know. Yeah. Well, and on that, that note, too, about journalists, because I, I just looked this up to make sure it was something I read on Twitter. So, you know, you're like, is that a fact or is that a tweet yeah. I read? But 11,000 newsroom jobs were lost in the first six months of pandemic. And we have. The thing I read on Twitter was like, we have 50 percent less journalists right now. Yeah. And we don't also recognize that. Like in in another industry, you would be like, oh, my God. And again, in talking about how the media is has such a big role and like if we're talking about this at all and if we're talking about the right aspect of it and there's not even um, the amount of people to cover the media this year. Right. And it's it's not fair for me to say the media like there's a newsroom where they are generating like these specific, you know, storylines. It's the it's the overall ecosystem, the like what we've been talking about this entire episode about how uh, Twitter, how Facebook, uh, all social media just funnels you into the storyline that is going to make you most engaged uh which might be a conspiracy theory it might be uh you know the one story out of 20 that is most covers the protests in after George Floyd's mor- murder with like the most fear like that might be the one that just ends up getting the most engagement and then just a blind algorithm uh feeds it to you like Yeah, I think about that all the time with when um, the pandemic first hit and coronavirus was everywhere. When you turn on the news, I mean, I was scared shitless. Granted, I'm I'm a hypochondriac and and anxiety freak anyway. But the news was like, oh, my God, it might be on your Amazon packages. Don't open them. You know, that dude was like, wash off your groceries. Um, And then later, everyone was like, he's not a doctor, whatever. (laughs) You know, that was in the phase we're in. And now when I look around, uh, especially in L.A. and the areas I'm in, it seems completely open. No one is afraid. And when you turn on the news that like be afraid of the coronavirus, like has gone way down. But the numbers have not the numbers are the facts are the same. Everything is the same except for the narrative coming through right. uh, the news, which is which is wild to think about. Yeah, because I get like, while it's nice to be able to say numbers are going down, to just say the numbers are going down, 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 rather than <laughs> right. the numbers are going down. We're also in a very delicate situation where if we don't do every single thing right, we might as well not even talk about the numbers going down. You right. know what? In yeah. fact, America, you haven't been good enough for us to tell you the numbers are going down. I yeah. might tell you which, how good you did on this report card, but the second I tell you, you're gonna stop slacking. You're gonna start slacking off in class and fail the motherfucker, which is what is going, which is already happening because we have this way of like, we're using this news as like really we're holding on to it to completely just obscure our reality. And I get it; shit's so fucking dark and dreary. 
it is like the one fucking nice thing you can hear, but to really have to like, there's a, there's a weight and responsibility to that too, that I think a lot of many people in the media just divorced from of just saying like, right. I yeah. Mean, because if true. they were still reporting on people being hospitalized and people dying from the coronavirus, if those were, these are the numbers today, which is what that narrative used to be. Here are the right. numbers of deaths. Now it's the numbers are down. If we still reported on the deaths, you would be like, oh my God. Right. Oh my God, I can't go outside. All right. Or um, like here, yeah, here are all like every day. Here's somebody who had coronavirus exactly a year ago and here's how they're doing. It's not, you know, some people recover. Unfortunately, some of these people aren't recovering as quickly. Something yeah. to keep in mind every day because this still is the same virus out there. Yeah. One, uh, I wouldn't be me if I didn't bring up the second degree suicide uh, aspect of the increased gun ownership. Suicides are like it's such a correlation between gun ownership and suicides that like they can just be like, oh, so that amount of increased gun ownership is going to lead to this many increased suicide suicides uh, by gun. They're always more uh, gun suicides than gun murders. Uh, usually in any given year, it averages about 23,000. They're expecting an increase of 20 to 30 percent of just due to the increased gun ownership, which is 7,000 additional lives or 20 uh, people dying per day, basically, because that is not something gun control is not something we're willing to do anything about and in fact is the is being portrayed as like the opposite where we want to go you you better go out and arm yourself because of these main news stories that are all about uh fear the gun lobby is powerful it's like the nra might be fucking up but um the gun lobby controls a lot of how seems to control a lot of how the messaging comes down to the people and like Dan Bongino, uh, you know, a former NRA spokesperson is now like this new right wing media darling who I think we're going to be hearing more and more from, unfortunately. So. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about something else. And we're back. And uh, let's talk about Ellen. What, what's going on with Ellen? She's <laughs> she's fucking up, guys, huh? Hey, that's all. Uh, no, just I think it's we're, look. We have enough distance now to analyze the damage that was brought on by the revelations of her being just a toxic employer and overall just like absurdly selfish, weird like boss with especially like her housekeeping staff. The but, toothpicks is the detail that got wait, me. Wait, what's that? Oh, what's, Jack, she, let she would know. hide toothpicks in places that they were supposed to clean to, and then go back and check to make sure that they had cleaned there, that the no, toothpicks no, were no longer there. No, this is not real. It's, that in, is, it's in that article. Yeah, that's from a That's how fucked employee. up and petty this shit I, is. I think like, yeah, I mean, it's so fucked up and so petty, but the detail I think that's really getting me is that like, she's a busy, she's a busy woman and she had, she kept toothpicks in stock and had the time <laughs> right. to find new and interesting hiding busy? places. Is she busy? Is she not? I, I don't mean, know. That's the thing. Like, it's like a myth about when you're wealthy. It's like, damn, I mean, like to make all that money, you got to be fucking grinding nonstop. Like I could see a world where she goes to set and then comes home and then it's toothpick time all day. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> time for the toothpicks. Oh, wow. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So 
you know, all, I think all those reports came out uh, aside from all the anecdotal things that I think any person who worked anywhere even remotely close to comedy or the industry was like, oh, yeah, we all know Ellen is bad boss. Mm. But yeah, now it's like it's all being shown in the ratings and she's lost over like a million viewers since this TV apology in September. So oh. that's truly putting her like the way that Times talks about it is like so dis. It's like so I just love it. It's so catty. It says, quote, no longer in the same league, same league as traditional rivals like Dr. Phil, 2.5 million and live with Ke with Kelly and Ryan, 2.7 million. Now it finds itself uncomfortably close to shows hosted by Maury Povich, Kelly Clarkson, Rachel Ray, Tamron Hall and Jerry Springer's former security guard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Steve Wilkos. That show's trash too, but yeah, they're the way I just liked. Thank you, New York Times, for just uncomfortably as if like it's like such a weird idea of like, oh, we're we're seated in steerage, we're uncomfortably close to Tamron Hall and Maury Poverty. Uh. I I. I, I love, I mean, they just shit on so many shows. <laughs> and then we're also like, and Ellen is still better than you. Right. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, yeah. I it's just know. always so interesting. We, we talked in the Biden presidential campaign, how like a lot of the storylines that the Trump uh, campaign was trying to get out there about him, like didn't like fit with who people thought of him as like it was like they would try and like do this vast conspiracy and vast corruption. They're like, no, nah, he's like a dumb old guy. Like, what are you what are you guys talking about? Right. But like where whereas the Clinton stuff was more uh, effective because it tied into suspicions people already had about her uh, because of misogyny and also, you know, uh, the history of the Clinton family. But like this is kind of the opposite of that in that the details that are coming out are so counter to what people want to like, why people tuned in and the personality that they had ascribed to her. It's just like the direct opposite. So it, it makes sense to me that like, it's just hemorrhaging viewers. Right. The lady who cuts the big joke checks for viral stars to right. go to college and stuff. Yeah. It's well, just, yeah. And her catchphrase, right. was be kind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can't get I mean it's tough. Oh, that's amazing actually. That's like Google. It, anytime it's that straightforward, it's usually so, like a lot. It's the opposite. Right. Yeah. Right, right. When the US changed its name from the War Department to the Department of Defense, we started uh engaging in offensive wars when Google <laughs> Google was the company with the don't be evil as their moniker uh, in the late 90s. And then, hey, what do we use our face recognizing tech for? Whatever you want. I don't care. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Wow. Drones that are super smart? Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll do that. Want to throw in another um, historical and political reference. Uh, Burt Reynolds constantly <laughs> um, told people he had a really healthy head of hair and he just had like so much hair. And in both of his autobiographies, the last page ends with him saying, when I die, they'll probably find a full head of hair on my skull. And oh. he wore toupees and multiple women have been like, I saw it burn off his head one time. I saw it melt. <laughs> Dolly's like he's wearing wigs. <laughs> oh, my God. poor man. He can't even hide it. <laughs> I like how, yeah, she's rules. like her whole catchphrase, be kind, is just a very like, yeah. I don't know if that was like what she had to like. She 
like you know scratched into her like mirror to look into like be kind ellen don't fucking do it again don't eat someone today be kind <laughs> or she's like telling her staff you know it'd be kind of fucked up if I found some Aaron toothpicks uh, around the house. <laughs> That's amazing yeah. about Burt Reynolds. Uh, they'll yeah. probably find. Okay. All right, Burt. True. Uh, I mean, and I'm saying like and- <laughs> word for word uh, must have told his ghostwriter copy paste the last page from my 1994 memoir into my 2009 book, please. I'd really like that paragraph about my hair to close Yikes. it out. Yikes. And this is a normal thing to say at the end of you know, a way to sum up a life. They'll probably find a full head of hair on my corpse. Uh, Bert out. They'll probably find the opposite of like all those rumors the kids were telling about me after that one time in gym class when I was in the shower. It'll probably be the opposite of whatever you heard from that. So. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. All right. Well, uh, I, I want to talk about UFOs real quick. Because apparently someone just hid a little Russian nesting doll of uh, legislation in the COVID Relief Act uh, last year that basically requires the government to just provide the receipts, just bring it all out, put it all on the table. And the former director of national intelligence is saying that it it could be big. Which one? Which DNI, though? Uh, it's, it's your boy. Uh, what's his name? Bad, bad, terrible. I think Trump, Trump guy. He, he oh, said John this. Ratcliffe. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, ratty. All right. <laughs> um, but I was intrigued, uh, as I often am. Anytime somebody just gives me the barest crumb of, uh, UFO kind of corroboration, but apparently there's going to be interagency like reports of like communications between agencies. He's saying that's going to be significant because there are like what we have right now are like a single video where somebody's like, wow, would you look at that? Right. Uh, but there's a lot of examples where these things are corroborated and the thing that's corroborated is doing something that isn't possible given current technology, like uh, breaking the sound barrier without a sonic boom. So like the idea of like having multiple sightings that line up with one another from different independent uh, sources is always the thing I look for anytime there's uh, right. one of these. Is that those steel, um, those steel plates they were finding? Is that what you're referencing? No, I don't. Those what were the steel plates? Videos? Wait, what's the steel plates thing? Um. Well, so uh, listen, I I grew up in the Southwest, but my family landed in New Mexico. So whenever I see UFA, UFO news, it, it barely registers. So I'm just like, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> so so I'm gonna have to heavy be paraphrasing this, but there were um like ten foot, no, maybe it was longer than that. They're huge steel plates found in like three different locations. Oh, those obelisks. Oh, oh, those were uh art art projects. Those were art installations. <laughs> the monoliths, right? Okay. Yeah, the monoliths. Here, here's the thing. What is more impressive to you? The idea that a UFO <laughs> would, you know, put different, you know, uh, silver plates around the world or that art students had global travel money. Access. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to take uh, metal <laughs> on the plane and set right. it up. Honestly, I'm more impressed no, about that project. For Build sure. local. Build local. Go save air flight, air fi- airfare money. If you don't have to bring the obelisk with you. Yeah. yeah the thing I, I just. Southwest three check bags. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your first obelisk is free of the Southwest. Everybody knows that. Uh, the, I mean, 
I'm also curious, like, if this is meant to distract us from some other epic failing of the government, because oh. I'm sure that'll be like, <laughs> oh, shit, man, don't fucking these aliens. And they're like, yeah, we, we've just yeah. uh, passed uh, bills, uh, voter suppression bills so severe that you won't believe that they came from Joe Biden. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. Anyway, folks, UFOs, huh? Check that out over there. This is one of those examples where I think the government and the people inside the government are dumber than we like give them credit for and in this case like every time we like the more candid they become about what is going on with ufos the more they're like man i really want to know this shit is crazy <laughs> it's like wait what <laughs> i thought you were supposed to be like in contact with the men in black who are like neuralizing us like you're but they're like yeah man i don't know what do you think what do you think it is? I can't. I can't tell. This is like the most partisan measure, you know. Someone was like, "Do you think we could get the UFO info?" And Republicans and Democrats were like, "Unanimous, yes, yes, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Please. I guess alien. It's really is gonna be like Independence Day. It's gonna take aliens pulling up for people to figure their shit out. To be like, all right, fuck it. I guess now that these beings showed up, we are on the same team called humanity. <laughs> mm, that's that's one way it could go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or we say. Or we say, America, buckle the fuck up because we all got guns over here. And we're like, do your worst, aliens. And we're priced <laughs> in yeah. once in a fucking Thanos snap. Mm. Well, Chelsea, it has been such a pleasure having you back on TDZ. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff? Thank you for having me. Thank you for... Um... Uh, following the bachelor cultural clock that I am historically <laughs> writing down every day in my Tumblr. Uh, no, you can follow me at Chelsea Devantes on Instagram. That is where I recap celebrity memoirs and all that stuff. And you could find me on Twitter, but y'all, I don't think I'm hanging out there right now. Mm. So yeah, follow me on you. Instagram. Hot plug. Uh, is there a work of social media that you've been enjoying? Yeah, you know, I really have been enjoying Asher Perlman's uh, cartoons. Um, they're just super funny. And I uh, I, po I reposted one the other day. Uh, it's a little cartoon he drew that has someone saying, do you do any of those jokes that are actually just angry, earnest beliefs? And it's a, <laughs> a king asking it of a jester. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, Sophie Alexander, oh, so you know, the good. fucking so vibes good. over there. Mm -hmm. um, a tweet that I like is from Derek Lemos, you know, past guest, friend of our Zeitgang show at Derek Lemos. He has two pictures of Billy Zane, um, you know, because Billy's got the bicked head now. And he says, Billy Zane should be Lex Luthor. I will not be taking questions at this time. And it... <laughs> I'm looking at Billy Zane and he absolutely should be Lex Luthor. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't think of this, but he's, he, we found him. Wow. The strong, uh, the strong brow with a bicked head is a. Yeah. It's like, and his, cause his, I, his brows are always like, I'm an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Billy Zane's whole vibe, you know, it's never like, Ooh, he's cool. Yeah. Oh, damn. I just saw an updated picture. I, I was picturing Billy Zane from the Titanic, and uh, it turns out that movie's like 20, over 20 years old. Uh, he has like aged into a very, like he would play a, a asshole billionaire really well, like right now. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like who Jeff Bezos wants to play him. Yes. Like he's like, or not, or he's like, I want Billy Zane to be me, not who you're actually, what not actually what I look like. He's like, unfortunately, Telly Savalas is dead. So it can't be him. Yeah. For all my old people out there, Telly Savalas reference. I think people know that at least that Telly Savalas is a bald dude. A bald guy. All right. Yeah. Y'all fuck with Kojak. (laughs) How pissed are we going to be when? They released this report on June 1st and all the UFO shit that breaks the laws of physics is like created by Bezos. It's just Bezos ripping around on his billion dollar jet. If it is, I'm I'm, I'm writing a script about how like people are like have to go after him because he's he's actually Thanos at that. Point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's meddling around with technologies we are not even capable of. No, this is there's a higher calling now. It, it's going to take a lot for me to be part of a pitchfork wielding mob, but I think that would that would do it for me. I would hold the hold if the Bezos torch. is an alien. If Bezos is just breaking the laws of physics and keeping it a secret, I, I don't know. I think it'll send me to art school so I can do more UFO projects. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins tweeted. Uh, when a certain type of American person started using cheers in the British fashion, that was a dark day. Oui. And then got Garrett tweeted, Guy Fieri eating pussy. <laughs> First of all, the flavor is gangster. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, yeah. Guy. Guy. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we recommend you go check out. Miles, what is today's recommendation? Just, you know, so if you like Mary J. Blige, you know, like I know you do. Uh, this is a remix by Kayla Maestro on SoundCloud, and it's a remix of My Love by Mary J. Blige. So check out this called the Mary J. Blige, My Love, KLM Flip. You can search that on SoundCloud or you check out the footnotes where there will be a link to that. But if you like Mary J., boy, you better, you need to listen to this one. You need to oh, listen. Oh, I need this. What a gift yep. for me. Uh, all right. Go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.